Hi, sorry, we're discussing how the news this week is truly just... Devastating. Devastating. Just like so sad for no reason. It's like, is this... Have we not been going through enough with COVID? Yeah. So now even our news for idiots is sad? Yeah, this is all sad. I'm gonna try... I've tried to start us off on like a little bit of a high with my ordering. What was high this week? Uh, We'll see. All right, we'll we'll see if it puts a smile on my face. Some things were announced that were exciting. And of course, Devos. Devos, yes. That's exciting. That is exciting. When's that gonna be available for people? July 14th on Tuesday. Yes, just keep saying it. Anytime there's a lull on the podcast. July 14th. Yeah, July 14th. Devos available... Now to some people who are listening, if you're listening past July 14th, but no, everyone tunes in on Monday, bright bright and early. Yes, it's available on iTunes. You can buy, you can rent, you can get on Voodoo and all the places. All the places. Whenever there's a lull, I'll just say a platform. I think that's great. (laughs) (laughs) And by the end of the podcast, we'll know every single place that you can (laughs) consume Devos at your leisure. everybody, welcome back to the Two Gay Mats Podcast. It's Matt Steele. It's Matt Palmer. And another week has gone by. It has. As we said, it's a lot of sad news. Yes. But you know, we, like, I've been pretty chipper this week. Yes, it's I have been a pretty say, good week for me once too. Once I'm not paying attention to the news. I know, I mean, that's all you gotta do. I, I, you know, I feel like today, Sunday specifically, I had a bit of a social moment, social distance, but still social moment. I a went social to, distance, social moment. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I went to a park and hung out with a friend and another couple and it was very fun to be outside. It was a little hot for my personal Oh, days. I'm so sorry about that. Well, you're the one that went to the valley. I mean, I did go to the valley, uh, but it was good. It was nice to have a picnic, nice to catch up, and then this this evening, the queen icon, uh, Janie Stoller, who has not been on the podcast yet, but yeah. has been in a video and, you know, is one of the loves of my life, is uh, her birthday is in 24 minutes from where we're recording yeah, right now. July 13th. July 13th. 2020. I know. What a year. And what so a time. We had a Zoom party uh, where we played some fun games and got to catch up and talk with her friends. It was great. Yeah. And, I, yeah. you know, that was great. How was how was your week? What oh, you, you know, just any how any other week is when you're about to release the movie. <laughs> so super low key, Literally, no stress. Honestly, like the stress, the hardcore stress has gone away. That's now awesome. it's kind of just like, you know what? It is going to be what it is. Yeah. I'm like all of my sort of responsibilities are coming to an end. Yes. Right now I'm sort of just like addressing a lot of envelopes because during the crowdfunding campaign for the movie in 2016, people mm-hmm. got different perks if they donated a certain amount. So I'm like, they're all set and I'm like about to mail a bunch out tomorrow. That's amazing. So like that, that's like honestly like the most stressful part of my week. Right. Um, was sort of setting all that up, making sure all the social media is okay. Um, what are you going to focus on after this? I don't know guys. I have (laughs) been working on this movie for nine years of my life and you're going to, you'll see in a two game ads video, but like, and now it's finally happening. I can't and believe. so I I can't I do not know what my week past Tuesday will be like. I, I think you should have some <laughs> celebratory moments for yourself. You know, you've got to really soak it all in. This is really a momentous occasion. Yes, it really it's the most it's 
quite honestly, the most momentous occasion of my life. Hey, <laughs> so, and that doesn't happen every day. That doesn't happen every day. That happens once every, you know, 19 years. Oh. Um, <laughs> uh, so I really do not know what I'm going to do, but it's everything's looking good. I mean, I love we, it. we just got two reviews um, at, on the, uh, oh, what's the radio stage? So it's a podcast called Film Week that is uh, on, oh, what's the radio station? Let's give them a shout out. Yes, let's Game give them a shout out. <laughs> on uh, 89 point three KPCC. Yes. We love them and they we gave love the them. Two film critics gave Devos a really, really good review. That's the thing. That's the reason we love them. If they hadn't, we wouldn't be mentioning it right now. Of course not. <laughs> and, and I got another with the Devos uh Twitter account because you know I'm not running that or anything. No, of course. Uh, no, that all my you know professionals who I pay a lot yes. of money uh, I get paid to run that. But someone tweeted the Devos account uh, saying uh, a critic uh, who writes for the Geekyari. Okay. Geekyari? The Geekyari? Geek? Okay. 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 Um, saying, I'm five minutes into the screener for Devos and I've already laughed way too much. My review will be coming soon. The Yes, It's Queer movie will be available on demand <laughs> July 14th, 2020. So hopefully um, the next uh, uh, hour and uh, 35 minutes were very good for this reviewer. I know, hopefully. <laughs> hopefully it, just, it doesn't just peak at five no, minutes. No, no, I've seen the film and it does not, darling. I mean, honestly, there's a moment. There is. You gotta get to that moment. I mean, And you gotta moment. stick or stick around for the moment. You guess. But That's the, all I'm gonna say. I don't wanna spoil for anybody, <laughs> but there's a moment. Let's say, to quote one of the critics, yes. I mean, there is a point where, you know, the movie turns itself on its head yes. and it just goes nuts. I'm glad you've like, already oh. memorized the positive review quotes. Oh, no, well, I mean, it's not the exact quote he gave, but like, I remember the gist. Yeah. I'm just like, yes, first review I he listened to of the movie and this person gets the moment of the movie. Yes. Just like, this is when it's all I happening. I told you that when I read that part in the script, I was like, <gasps> uh, yep, I was it. a gog, I was aghast. Y'all will know what we're talking about. Yes. Unless you think every moment is like that, then great. Then great, but you'll know what we're talking you'll about. You'll know what we're talking It'll about. be clear to you, I feel. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, I guess that's that on that. And I guess we got to jump into News for Idiots, which again, warning, it is just a, even in the idiot news, it's, it's really moved to a sad, dark place. But again, we're going to start it, start it, try to start it light. Started mm-hmm. up, started yes. hopeful. Yes. And something good happened this week. Yes. What was it? It was Mariah Carey. Oh, that <laughs> cover. The meaning of Mariah Carey. Did we confirm that it's 280 pages? No, it is 380 pages. That's still a little It's better, darling. It's still a it little is short. much better. I mean, honestly, hopefully this is the first of a series, I'm telling you. I would love that, but a book series. I would love it. But I feel like if we're getting in towards the 400 range, it won't be ridiculous. Like 280 was, yeah, that was come yeah. on. <laughs> so this is like 368 or 380. Something like that, but uh, Mariah Carey has confirmed that her long gestating memoir, The Meaning of Mariah Carey, will be released on September 29th. It is written with image activist Michaela Angela Davis, um, and Mariah Carey promised to share the moments, the ups and downs, the triumphs and traumas, the debacles and the dreams that contributed to the person I am today. Um, I just love this one sentence from the press release because it's just only Mariah would write this. She says, I let the abandoned and ambitious adolescent have her say and the betrayed and triumphant woman I became. 
tell her side. Wow, that is beautiful. <laughs> Who describes themselves in a sentence as abandoned and betrayed, <laughs> like as personality traits? I love her so much. It is that is an excellent, excellent quote. I guarantee you, she had many, and she was just like, "This is the this one. is the this one. is the one we're submitting." What if like it was a book series, and like each book was about like a different album? Oh my god, you know I would die. I need an entire album. You know, an entire. Uh, book for each album and it would be worth every penny but the thing about it is uh there's also the audiobook which is being released on audible mm. the same day which has promised musical moments quote unquote oh, you know there are <laughs> going to be certain lines that she's just gonna say that's what i'm saying is i feel like it's going to be like that me i am mariah the elusive chanteuse <laughs> interlude the <laughs> there's nothing i enjoy more than and that. some background vocals being like oh exactly oh, like it's so preposterous to give you know your spoken word background vocals but mariah has done it before and she'll do it again. I guarantee you there was more energy put into the background vocals than into the writing itself. <laughs> <laughs> I guarantee you like in the, cause you know, she's very big on like the recording process. And true. The, and the but like, I'm no, let's don't, let's not knock her writing capabilities. Please. Uh, that's like, true, that's I mean, true, that's a I mean, big part of her art, but I, I see what you mean. I bet there's a lot of care and a lot of like, Oh, I love yes. that moment. Yes. She, she really focuses on the tiny yes. like, the moments in the background. She's, she's an arranger. She's a vocalist. She's yes. a producer. She's a singer. She's a songwriter she's all of it and now she is a published author and I cannot wait and I just don't know the first way I'm going to consume it like do I want to listen to her guide me through her life and like do the audible first before I read it because clearly I'm going to be getting both the hard copy and the audio book uh-huh. and I just have to decide which way I want to consume the project first read know? it as you listen to it is that what you did with Hillary? No, I just listened to Hillary. Okay. I listened to Hillary. I, really, I listened to that book three times. Did you? Yeah. I listened to the Patti Lapone autobiography twice, and that's a long book. How many times did you cry during the Hillary? Oh, it's I cried the whole time. <laughs> I'm crying the whole time. Yeah. In every listen, you yeah, pray, because you're, like, you're just like, damn, damn, I know. damn. She could have been. She worked so hard. She could have been president. <laughs> and she's right? So smart. Fucking and, oh, now. I know it's it's devastating. Audiobooks are devastating, guys. I mean, Moral of the story. I think I, I might start with the audiobook because I'd love to just hear it because she. She's the narrator, and it's like I've got to hear it. From I can't her. wait for like the sound of waves, oh. like like in uh, what's it, camouflage? That song I love. <laughs> It'll just have like song. waves in the background. I just wonder. I just hope there's a whole section on the release of Mayhem Mariah and the fact that she was playing Nick Cannon these songs and he did not get that they were all about him it's like what I just that that is one thing that will always stick with me is that like she seriously sat there and played thirsty for him from top to bottom like you used to be all about me and now you're all about fame and he's just like yeah that's cool great song it's like <laughs> what what did you think this was about? And you know, like they went to bed and she was had her eyes. Exactly, open, just like oh, looking up at the ceiling, like, oh I don't know how else I can tell him. <laughs> I guess it's over. I just thought, you know, as you know, she thought he would get it, but it didn't happen like that. Oh, so he's always somewhere, but he's not there for her. Hey, you gotta set your calendars, put something, put put an, an alert on your iCal because September 29th is coming up. It because really is. Let's be serious. Summer, we're, we're all going to be inside from now until then. And so you'll look around and it'll be fall and it'll be time for the meaning of Mariah Carey. Do I wish it was called just the meaning of Mariah? Yes. <laughs> I think the meaning of Mariah Carey by Mariah Carey is just a little much. And like to have all of that phrasing on the cover, which is, I think, otherwise lovely. Well, you know, she is, loves a long title. She does. But like just the Carey itself, it's like the meaning of Mariah is fine. You know, 
I don't know. I just well, thought, you know. I'm sure someone thought the elusive Chanteuse was just fine as well. But she was <laughs> like, no, 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 we got to add me, I am Mariah. I mean, Chanteuse. yes. And I mean, that is an iconic title. So maybe it'll grow on me much like me, I am Mariah, the elusive Chanteuse did. Yeah. So we shall, we shall wait and see. Hopefully there are pictures of her childhood. Oh. And you're, they're just like, what's that in your hand? And she's like, pack of cigarettes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, I love that picture. Um, and, you know, another positive-ish story. Yeah, it uh, started off a little rough. It but did. Like, and things, what happened, what needed to happen, happened. It did. So Halle Berry was going to play a transgender man in an upcoming movie, and Twitter convinced her not to. Um, and while she was promoting her upcoming movie, Bruised, her directorial debut, where she plays an MMA fighter, uh, Halle Berry revealed that she had, signed on to, she had signed on to play a transgender man for her next role. And then she goes on and talks about this role and how excited she is for it and like completely misgenders the character at all times like yes yeah, she's becoming a man and she 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 and it's like well no that's yeah, it's not. like Hallie Hallie let's Hallie, not don't do this so yeah. I feel like it's really come into a point with you know trans rights you watch a, a, a film like Disclosure and you're like okay we don't need any more cis people playing trans people it's just not yeah. not the vibe these days and you know what people responded very loudly on Twitter and social media in response to this and after she was called out she posted something that basically said uh here we go here's some quotes over the weekend i had the opportunity to discuss my consideration of an upcoming role as a transgender man and i'd like to apologize for those remarks as a cisgender woman i now understand i should not be considered for this role and that the transgender community should uh undeniably have the opportunity to tell their own stories and it's like you know what? Sometimes yelling on the internet works. Yeah, which I is, mean, solid and like solid response. She's like, yes. you know what? Yes. The thing is, she seemed to get it. It wasn't yeah. like so many people are so reluctant to being called out and being like, oh my God, I would never do that. That wasn't my intention. And like, you guys are being ridiculous. And I like, should play a tree. <sighs> Literally. <laughs> if Scarlett Johansson could ever like muster up the courage to write something like this, everyone's view of her would change overnight. But she's always just like, well, you better take it up with uh, Eddie Redmayne. And it's like, well, okay. (laughs) Like, like, is that helpful? (laughs) Is that a a helpful conversation we're having? Like, I just feel like now it's 2020, even though it's probably a little late then when Eddie Redman was in that role. But especially now, we're all to be awoken to the ills of the world a bit more, I would like to think. I just think it's so incredible how, like, producers are still just like, yeah, let's offer the role to Halle Berry. Like, I, I just... I'm so blown away by that. The fact that producers are still like, yeah, this is a good idea. Let's I cast know. another cisgender person in a transgender role in 2020. It's, just, it's like, what? What? And sure, I mean, they want as famous of a person as they can get. Yeah, of course. But like, don't they also realize that like if they were to cast an unknown actor, like transgender right. actor and made and just focused on making the movie so good and had, fill the supporting cast up with the biggest exactly. stars. Like, come on. Like there are ways to, and do you realize how much publicity your movie will get? Right. If you make this unknown transgender man a star. Right. Like it would be amazing. Did you see the trailer for that movie? I don't know where it's premiering or when it's coming out, but I saw it floating around on Twitter. It was a movie about, um, disabled people in wheelchairs and they were like sneaking out of their caregivers uh, sites and they were like we're going to go on a road trip and like try to find hookers to have sex with because 
they wanted to do that. And then I was like reading all of the comments, and apparently every single actor in a wheelchair is actually able-bodied. Oh, that's and it's that's like, rough, guys. Yeah. It's like literally that's the entire movie. That is the whole cast. And then yeah. like, the producers or the director was like, "Well, I mean, we thought about hiring disabled people to play these disabled roles, but we just were like, eh." <laughs> and it's like that's your response to this very valid criticism of your film. So I I feel like maybe this just has to happen a few more times until everyone gets it. But it seems kind of obvious to me at this point. Yeah, it's so weird how someone who is smart enough to like get a film made. Right. Because it's hard. Yes, I, be- I believe you. It's hard. Just from watching. It's hard. <laughs> like the fact that you can somehow muster up the brain cells to do that. Right. Yet not like have a, a finger on relatively on the pulse of what is happening yes, in the world. Exactly. It's, it's really confusing. It's a choice. It's definitely a choice. Um, so, I mean, I think I've really put off the inevitable as much as I can. Um, you guys have probably already heard, but um, actress Naya Rivera is currently missing and presumed dead. Um, she, her son, her four year old year old son was found alone in a boat on Lake Piru. Um, and this, when did this happen? Was it two, like two days ago, two days ago. It feels like a while. Okay. I'm seeing that it was the ninth Friday. Um, what day was the ninth? The ninth is probably Thursday. Okay. Thursday. Okay. So I'm guessing I'm the, the, the date on the story is from Thursday. So. I guess Naya Rivera uh, is a person who loves to be on the water, loves boating, and had been to this lake before, Lake Piru, and uh, and had driven there with her four-year-old son, and they were just on the boat, and uh, there's just so many question marks around her disappearance, why the police and our, you know, the sheriff's department, whoever, found her son asleep on the boat alone in his life jacket, and he based, the son was basically like, yeah, my mom never came back. And ever since that's happened, there has been a search for Naya. But since it has been so long and there's been no word or sign from her, she is presumed dead at this point. And it's just it's just so devastating. Like the the, every single part of this story to me is so heartbreaking Mm -hmm. because like this young actress who has been, you know, working as an actor since she was four years old or something. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, just she had so much promise, so much life ahead of her, and it just seems like such a senseless and heartbreaking accident that, like, her poor son needs her, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's just, like, you read just the details of it and the fact that maybe her body will never be found and, like, her family and friends have to just, like, make peace with that. It's just, like... I don't know how anyone... How could possibly you? Possibly can do that. How in, do like, you... any scenario like this, but, like, this and particular especially like days and days and days of just like a search and and you it's she's presumably there somewhere you know so it's like so close yet so far and it's like of course you pray that she's still alive and just somewhere lost in the wilderness and still with us but it's just like the longer this goes on the longer the search goes on the less likely it is that she is and it's just I just feel so much for her family and friends because this is so unexpected and so it just could have been avoided. But, if you know, she's been in that lake a million times. Why would she think that mm-hmm. she would need that life vest? Apparently her life vest was still on the boat when they found her son. Um, it's just it's just such a heartbreaking story that's so traumatic for all those people that know and love her. And it's just sad. It's just so there's not anything to say about it besides like it's just horrible. it's horrible. And I can't imagine because it's so hard because, you know, the four year old son doesn't really know what's 
happened. Like right. he didn't know what's happening. He didn't know where his mother went. You know, right. did, did they say how they found the boat? Like, I think found, uh, the it, rental place called nine one one because they were like, we have a report of a missing person. Okay, if like a missing okay a boat that like never came back. Yeah, and they went and, and they went okay. and found the boat. And, yes. Uh, so uh, apparently people have, you know, just to add more sadness and more like cruelty on top of this horrible story. Apparently people have um, been really bombarding Leah Michelle's social media and being like, it should have been you and not Naya kind of stuff. And so she deleted her Twitter today, I believe. And then after that occurred, Amber Riley tweeted and was basically like, please show some respect. Like we just because we are not publicly discussing the Naya Rivera situation does not mean that we're not privately doing everything we can and pouring our hearts and souls into this. Like we're people too. And like, yeah, it's just, it's, it's not about that. It's so beyond, I felt like when this was happening, you would see so many things about, you know, the, the Leah Michelle of it all. The fact that there are so many Glee cast members that tragically have passed away, like her involvement with big Sean and all of this stuff. And it's just like, of course, that's like maybe the first thing that comes to mind when you think of uh, Naya Rivera. But it's also like she is a human being and all these people that worked with her or, or her or were her close friends are human beings as well. Yeah. Like, just give them some grace. Like, this is truly worst case scenario. Like, I oh, can't like the worst thing. I, I can't happen. imagine a worse way to lose someone. I mean, of course there's no good way to lose someone, but this is just so unexpected because there are so many questions involved. It just feels so unfinished. And like she has this young child. It's just, Oh, and you look at that last fucking picture of her Instagram. Like of her, it's, it's devastating. It's awful. Yeah. It's It's just a close up picture of like her and her son. Right. Um, and like their like faces are kind of like close to each other, so you can't really see their faces. But I forget what it says, but it's something just like really it's like touching just about me, her just stuff. you and me, or something. Yeah, something like that. And it's just like very touching, very sad, very horrible. Um, I know that a lot of the Glee cast has tweeted out recently about like kind of responding to Amber's tweet, being like, "Please give us privacy," and like we're just because we're not publicly posting about this doesn't mean we're not thinking about her and sending all the love and doing everything we can. Heather Morris uh, offered to help with the search um, via Twitter, and um, I know that they were close and you know co-stars, and I guess they were also friends, and that's great. Um, but it's just it's just awful. It's just awful, yeah. and I hope that there's some sort of finality brought to this the people around her can start to heal or can get a better understanding of what happened Mm -hmm. because like replaying those questions in your head must just drive you crazy. Oh yeah. I can't imagine what any, I've never had anyone sort of die in that sort of way. And I can't imagine just what the family's going through. Right. Okay. So we're going to take a little right turn uh, to get it a little bit lighter before we get dark again. Um, um, Fandango now. Yes. We love it. Fandango, Fandango now. now. Another way that you can consume Devos. Yes. Um, so uh, on Friday, I had a light day at work. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was like, oh, isn't the day, this the day that Jada Pinkett Smith was going to take herself to the red table? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like something I can do while I'm working at the same time. Absolutely. What a better way to, you know, get paid. I mean, and so I hopped on over to Facebook while I was working and watched 15 minutes of Will Smith and Jada Pinkett Smith mm-hmm. at the red table discussing um, the whole August Alcina of it all. And I did not watch any of this. Oh, you should watch it. It's crazy. Crazy. Like it's kind of 
funny and kind of just like sad because it's like, oh, just like, okay. So she talks about the way that they're framing it, which I think is a half truth. I don't know. They're framing it as there was a point in our marriage in which we didn't think we were going to make it. We separated privately. Mm-hmm. I thought that we were over. We were, She was free to do her own thing. I was free to do my own thing, Will Smith says. Great. And then uh, Jadis Binkin Smith refers to getting, uh, She that's when she began her quote-unquote entanglement <laughs> with <laughs> August Alcina. I love that Iconic. word. Iconic. I'm going to use that word for every one of my exes. Absolutely. <laughs> it's like, yes, we were in an entanglement. Yes. <laughs> And entangled. It was, and it's hilarious because plus. like Will like kind of pushed her and was like, what do you mean entang- like entanglement? It's like, what? That was it was an entanglement. But she's like, it was a relationship. It's like, yeah, well, that's what I said. <laughs> and it's just so good. And uh then she kind of talks about how she, you know, had gotten out of the marriage and like wanted to find her happiness again and felt like the way that their relationship started, it was basically like he was very sick at the time. It was unclear if it was a mental or a physical illness, but that uh, August was very sick at the time. And so the Smith family kind of had taken him in and like, you know, tried to offer him support. And mm-hmm. I guess she, her support, you know, became an entanglement. Okay. And uh, so she thought that the time with him, she, you know, felt like she felt better about herself because she was helping and like giving so much love to someone who needed it and support to someone who needed it. And then eventually at some point he stopped communicating with her which Mm -hmm. she was like is well within his right and you know we haven't spoken since Mm -hmm. and um you know that's but that was years ago and that's why i was surprised when this all came out again so is that why he said like it was with will's like consent because like he knew that they were not together so will was like right entangle yourself with anyone (laughs) you would like that's what it sounds like it's like maybe it was less and who knows i don't know what it was but it sounded more like we weren't to even together at that point, mm-hmm. which, uh, you know, I think makes sense. I still think they're in an open relationship, which is like, would that be so bad to say in 2020 at this no, point? I no, guess no. it's, you know, for like very huge A-list black celebrities of a certain age, maybe it would be mm-hmm. like kind of a question mark or like kind of freak people out. But I still, you know, I, I still believe that that's what's <laughs> happening. Um, but, you know, at least she acknowledged it. At least she said it because initially the initial response was like, there's no truth to that. That's not true. That's not true. That's not true. And I was like, oh, well, there was an entanglement. There was an entanglement. And so I feel like it was interesting for her to watch about talk about like, you know, I had to find happiness within myself and that I couldn't get it from another person. And then I found my way back to Will, blah, blah. And he was very much just like trying to sit in that interviewer role. And he was like basically trying to like kind of make jokes like oh well since you like had an entanglement I need to you know give you a payback and then she's like well it's not really about like payback and like back and <laughs> she's forth she's like well shut up and hun. he was like well uh, for me it is that's all it's about and she's like oh, okay well I think you've paid me back more than enough and I was like ah uh, uh, uh. he didn't say much after that of course he didn't yes Jada get, get him. him get him Damn. so that was iconic and that was definitely a moment that you've got to see play out on oh Facebook Live oh my god and, oh and it was it was live too no 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 it was a like her, her Facebook watch Facebook is like watch. the show that they have filmed when they kept it in there kept it in yes. there which I loved <laughs> and then uh, at a point there was um, a part that like <coughs> kind of worried me but it's like a weird joke that I guess they do which is like 
we and I think this is the slogan or some part of bad boys or bad boys for life like the you know hit movie that Will Smith is famous for yeah and they were quoting that and they're basically said we ride together we die together bad marriage for life and then like pounded it to that and okay. then like that's fun not <laughs> like I realized that maybe to you it's a joke but it reads as worrying <laughs> yeah it's as it's it doesn't read well in this setting no it doesn't I feel like there are, are people who do that who are just like in these marriages that aren't good but they're just there because what else are you gonna do and but they're openly to each other like yeah this is a bad marriage I mean maybe not they're not saying it or acknowledging, acknowledging it but they're living it I don't know it just is like I felt like that Phrasing is sad. I feel like if you can both acknowledge that you're in a bad marriage and joke about it, then like maybe it's not a bad marriage. I don't know. Like maybe because you have a mutual understanding. Uh, maybe, but the idea of like, oh, we have just agreed to stay in this forever, just no matter what it is, bad marriage for life is kind of just like, that's not the, that's not the phrasing I would want to hear. You know, like I understand the joke of yeah. it all. I just think it's kind of a bad look. Get divorced. Right. I, I, like I think like if you're not happy in your marriage right. and you don't want to be in it anymore, just get divorced. And I mean, I, I'm, I'm not, you know, we're not married people. We don't have kids. I realize there's complications there. And maybe those they, kids are all those. And those kids are smart and doing their own thing. That's those, true. Those kids it's will true. Understand. But I'm just saying we cannot speak from a married perspective since we are not there. So I would not want to judge. But to me. That is my thought as well. If I was in a marriage that was no, that was bad and it was bad, it probably is bad for everyone involved, including the kids. Kids, even if they don't know the intricacies of your relationship, they feel it. Yeah, which know? is why you should get divorced ASAP. <laughs> like, I don't know. Hey, I'm not saying those words, but I'm just saying the well, way it was, it was put out into the world was troubling to me because I feel like a lot of people do that consciously or unconsciously and to see like huge successful actors kind of maybe at least coming across like they're falling into that same trap is like, oh, let's not do that. <laughs> I don't know. Speaking of divorce, Army Hammer's getting divorced. I saw that as well. Yeah. It wasn't there like a, like a political difference between them. Isn't she like related to uh, someone in, you know, the, the, uh, the, regime <laughs> oh, if she is i don't know anything about it i know i saw i, mean, I could be wrong i, don't I saw say a blind it. item that two of the white couples getting divorced are because of their disagreements on black lives matter and like what happened to george floyd and things mm -hmm. but it didn't point out who it was so it could be them huh? okay <laughs> but i think his mom is also super republican yeah like because his didn't mom watch didn't call me by watch, your name. right didn't watch call me by your name which by the way did you see that little nas x is putting out a song called call me by your name no that's gonna be fun <laughs> okay when's People, that coming out i don't know he just posted a clip of himself like singing it online it sounded cute and okay, I was like, cool. that's a cute cute vibe um, in more, you know, happier news, Jojo released an acoustic version of Good to Know. And it's beautiful. It is beautiful. Obviously, think about you's amazing. And I tweeted this, but I will say it again on the podcast. The acoustic version of Small Things, which is piano based and uh, lets her be a bit freer with the vocal, is lovely. And I just want to say that Matt Steele was right the whole time. No. And always knew that Small no. Things was a very good song. No. And Matt I Palmer was a hater. It's... It is a song that has benefited from this acoustic versioning. I still find that original version to be a Tori Kelly mess. And I don't think it works. I think it is not her vibe. I think it is just 
just wrong. I think the original version is wrong and that the acoustic version is right. So but, it's, I'm not I'm not saying my opinion about the song has changed. I'm saying there's a way to perform it that is not an assault on the ears. It, that is small. That is absolutely not an assault on the ears. Get the fuck out of here. Hey, the she acoustic version beautiful. is beautiful. The acoustic version is beautiful. Yes. And I think the regular version is beautiful as well. Well, that is okay. an opinion that you have. If you heard Tori <laughs> Kelly singing that regular version, you'd be like, oh, this is a nice song. I, you just don't like the fact that it's ju- it's you just, just don't feel not like it's for her. And I, if I saw Tori Kelly doing it, I'd be like, oh, that's great for her. And would change the channel. Like, I would not listen to the song. I think it's a lovely song. I mean, I just want I just want the best for JoJo. And I, she has great songs on that record. And Small Things oh, Acoustic can now be added to the list. Um, and I think the acoustic version of Think About You is obviously beautiful and stunning. Oh, and yeah. she made a cute little um, kind of like simple video for it, which I thought was very affecting. So I would encourage you all to watch that. It's just like... I'm so glad that she is doing this album her way and she has such a vision for it and always wants to release things special for her fans. And I just, I appreciate her. I think yeah. she's She appreciates hard. her fans so much. She really does. Yeah. She really does. In uh, Matt Steele's old news, Victoria Beckham's son is engaged. I ran out of the bathroom. <laughs> I think I was like half naked or something. Was I? Mm, I don't, I blocked it Do out. Do you recall you my rippling muscles? Uh, definitely not. Okay. I've never seen those. Okay. Maybe I, I was clothed, but I, maybe I was like brushing my teeth. I forget, but I ran out of the bathroom and I was just like Victoria Beckham, Victoria Adams, darling. In, wow. You know, always in my heart. Victoria okay. Adams. Well, um, married, so. <laughs> um, her son is engaged. Her child who I remember being born is engaged. I know. And it's just like, oh God, when Rock and Roe get engaged, I'm just going to have to pick out a burial plot. <laughs> oh, my, like we are so old. How did this happen? You know, I guess time just goes on and on and, you know, there was no other choice. I mean, it's and this is just where we are now. And I think we look great. We look you great. You know, and I think that's at the end of the day what it's about. Uh, yes. How you look, guys. <laughs> if there's any message you get from today's uh, podcast, it's just it's about how you look. And if there's yeah. anyone who wants everyone to look their best, it is Victoria Yes. Posh Spice herself. So we wish Brooklyn all the best in his future endeavors. Um, and in news that just broke right before we started recording, mm-hmm. uh, Kelly Preston, who um, was uh, John Travolta's wife, has passed away. Yeah, she was an actress on like Space Camp. She was an actress on um, Jerry, Jerry Maguire, mm. a very like a very like prominent actress. And yeah. she just no one knew that she was sick. Yeah, apparently she yeah, she 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 passed away from breast cancer, I believe. And yeah, I I don't I had not heard that she was sick, but I didn't know if it was public or private and the more I read it sounded like they had kept it private. Yeah. And that there was no public announcement of the fact that she was ill. Um, and John Travolta um, put up a very sweet Instagram uh, saying that it is with a heavy heart uh, that I inform you that my beautiful wife Kelly has lost her two year battle with breast cancer and goes on and asks um, for some privacy and just know that he will be feeling he and the rest of his family will be feeling uh your output of love in the weeks and months ahead as they heal all my love JT. And so just sad. It's sad. Just like sad. I, I know a couple years ago, like they also, they suffered another loss cause I know their son died a yes. few years ago. What happened to him? I saw that in this, it was like an accident. Like he, I want to see like tripped in a bathtub or something and like hurt Whoa. his head or something. Oh my God. Yeah. I, I know like that happened. I don't know, like five years ago, maybe. Right. Um, and now this, it's just, 
it's so sad, especially yeah, sad. losing someone for, you know, an unconnected reason to like coronavirus, like during these times. Yeah, it's just so. Exactly. Yeah, it's that's the thing. Horrible. I don't think any of the deaths we're talking about today were coronavirus. Um, and the last of those would be that Lisa Marie Presley's son has died at 27 and apparently he died by suicide. And so that is very sad as well. Um, uh, let's see. Uh, in other news about people that is kind of sad and scary and insane is Disney World's opening. Uh, <laughs> YouTube movies. Like, oh uh, my God. Voodoo. <laughs> um, Amazon. Yes, iTunes. Yes. Hoopla. 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 Um, who yeah. would go? And the thing, those lines, the lines at Disney World are just going to be the seats that little children shit on. <laughs> I just can't imagine. It's like when I hear about uh, people making teachers go back to work oh in my person God. Like, in the fall. No. It's just like, what the fuck is wrong and with people? Florida like hit yesterday. I think fifteen thousand cases. That is higher than any day in New York. Oh my God! Which had the highest like? I assume that was their highest ever, like so far. Yeah. Like Florida is just going nuts now with like no one ca- like does no one care and they're just opening up Disney. Why? World. Why? Psychotic. Like I just don't understand. You like look at the charts of how bad things were, like the number of cases per day when things were getting shut down, and they're like astronomically worse now, especially there. And it's like, oh yeah, let's reopen Disney World. And just, especially Florida, you know how many like elderly like I senior know. citizens live in Florida? No, it's just like it's just like do we do we all really care about money more than? people's actual human lives it's crazy and it's just because because disneyland is like nope yeah i mean because also, also disneyland is union like their performers are union. i saw some some parts of disneyland are opening mm. i know <laughs> i saw some parts of disneyland like which one like so, uh you can look them out, up if outdoor you'd like. dining areas I, think, I know that downtown disney is open okay. and uh the disney I don't know what those fucking things are called. <laughs> <laughs> we're not, we're not we're, Disneyland. Heads. No, we're not Disney gays, but there's just like another section of Disneyland is open too. So it's not just Disneyland's not on the right side of history either with us. Mm. It's just, it's just a fucking mess. It's just like, I get it. Now's the time that people would be going to theme parks. It's the summer you want to make some money for your corporation. But like, it's it's just not worth it, and it's just like people aren't going to stay home unless you don't allow them to not, to go. Yeah, like that's the, that's the sad truth of it is like the only way that I foresee this getting contained in any sort of way is for all of us to roll back and be like, "Yep, stay at home." Like it's an order. Like you can't. Like it's just like it's just not. And we did it. Uh, like we did it before. I, it's the thing. We did it before. So yeah. why why now and that it things, was fine? Why we survived through it? Why now that things are worse? Are we lightening that? Like why are we rolling things back to, to phase? You know. Oh, now we're in phase four. We can open up Disney. It's like no, fifteen thousand cases in Florida. Like what are we doing? What are you doing? Yeah, it's 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 absolutely I just nuts. I don't get it. Yeah. I don't get what people. I mean, I guess it's just comes down to money, and it's just like, is that worth it? Is it worth it with all that fucking blood on your hands, guys? <sighs> Disney, like Disney World, is just crawling with germs enough. I know, and now is not the time. Now no. is not the time. So I will continue to stay in my little bubble and to meet, see people at parks. Were you going to go to Disney anyway? Of course not. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just saying, as things continue to open up, I'm not sitting down at a restaurant. I'm not doing any of that. I will take get my takeout with my mask on and call it a day. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's Ah. All right, so let's take a quick break and we'll be back with more 2K Mads podcast. All right. All right. 
recording. Yes. Direct TV streaming. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so this is Email My Heart. This is the section of the podcast where we answer some questions that you guys might have. You can be a part of Email My Heart if you email us at twogaymats at gmail.com. We got a lot of emails this week. Thank you for emailing us. Yeah, we love when we get a bunch of them because, you know, we can sort of, on lighter weeks, we can go back to them. Exactly. <laughs> um, and we did get one question from uh, Kamani who uh, talked about a new genre called hyperpop, which neither of us know anything about. I'm kind of interested in checking it out. So thank you, Kamani. We'll answer your question once we actually Absolutely. Yeah, I feel like I need to do a little deeper of a dive on that before I answer. Um, So one question comes from Sue. Sue says, email my heart, musical theater, Q. Q and Sue. Love it. Um, (laughs) Hi, Matt S and Matt P. I have a question for Matt S. Matt P, you can contribute as well, of course. Thank you. In regards to musical theater shows. So recently, while on YouTube, I somehow ended up watching the best Tony Awards performances and fell in love with Sutton Foster's, I had to Google her name after that, performance of Anything Goes. That's from the 2011 Tony Awards. Um, I don't know anything about musical theater except the popular shows like Into the Woods, Les Mis, etc. I was in awe seeing her sing and dance, and I just thought that whole performance was incredible. I wanted to ask you what your favorite musical... Uh, I wanted to ask you what your favorite musical is, which involves an amazing dance number like that and song. I want to watch them all. Sue, this is a loaded, loaded, loaded question. All right. Well, remember, there's a podcast with an end point, so keep it short. I don't have to be up early, baby. I can be talking. <laughs> I do, all darling. Night long. I don't have time. So, uh, Sue, if you really liked the Sutton Foster Anything Goes Tony performance, I really, really, really encourage you to watch the 1988 uh, Tony Awards performance of Patti Lapone performing Anything Goes. Excellent, excellent choreography. Obviously, Patti Lapone is a massive, massive, legendary Broadway star. So that is also an excellent performance since you really like that song. Um, I tend to really love, you know, the big dance performances where it's more integral to the storytelling, like, you know, like uh, the uh, Uncle uh, Small House of Uncle Thomas from King and I is one of my absolute favorites. The scene from that in the movie is excellent. I'm very fond of the musical number Solidarity from Billy Elliot, which I think is a brilliant, brilliant musical number with a lot of dancing. Um, I think um, that... If but if we're just talking about musical numbers that are like the Anything Goes performance that you saw, which is kind of just like a we are just dancing just to celebrate what is going on on stage. It's not really super integral to the storytelling. Um, well, first of all, I also encourage you to watch the uh, 2000 Tony Award performance of 76 Trombones from The Music Man, which I'm is giving you brilliant. one more minute. Fuck you, I'm going on. <laughs> which is brilliant, 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 brilliant choreography. Um, it's a condensed version of the song, but it's brilliant. Um, so if we're but if, I also get the impression that you are very into the tap dancing, Sue. So I'm going to name one of my favorite uh, tap numbers, which is also a Tony Awards performance from the 1990 Tonys from a musical called Grand Hotel. Um, it is uh, featuring Michael Jeter, who won a Tony Award for his performance. It is uh, Michael Jeter plays an old sort of dying sickly man uh and he's just celebrating life with this new rich friend that he has and everyone is tap dancing behind them. Michael Jeter's performance is brilliant in this number. His physicality is unlike anything you will ever see on the planet and it has tap dancing going on in the background. So Sue, I think you might like that as well if you like tap dancing. Great. Perfect. That wasn't that long, That bitch. wasn't that long. I just was, you know, hoping we'd get to a stopping point. We know you, you tend to ramble. Mm. 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 Google mm. Play. <laughs> okay. <laughs>
Uh, so the oh, do you have anything to say, Matt Palmer? No. Okay, Matt Palmer. Is, <laughs> Thank you for writing. We Matt, love you. Matt Palmer's not big on dancing and musicals. No, I mean we love it. Everything for everyone. Okay. Well, this uh, email has talks about uh, just singing in musicals. Uh, so this is two thousands. Oh, this sorry. This is from Ellie, and the subject line is two thousands British pop icons and Frank Wildhorn. <laughs> Matt, your podcast has been keeping me going. Mondays have never been something I look forward to, but now I do because I know there will be a new episode waiting for me. Oh, that's so sweet. UK based queen here, so I'm super excited for your Eurovision discussion. <laughs> They're not going to let us off the hook. On I that. know We're, we really have we to really have to understand talk about Eurovision. I hear at some the point. I hear the movie's cute. I hear it's bad. Oh. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have two questions. I know Matt Palmer has talked about his love for the Sugar Babes and Craig David. Yes. What other UK artists do you guys love besides the obvious? We have some huge artists that have never made it big in the US, such as Girls Aloud and Robbie Williams. And I'm wondering if you've heard of them as well. I've definitely heard of uh, both Robbie Williams and Girls Aloud. Yeah, we did um, a Patreon review of uh, Out of Girls Control. Aloud. Out of, was that the album? I think it was Out of Control. Yeah, and that was Live good. in the country. Yes, <laughs> right. And uh, This Promise, I believe, is on that album. Yeah, Promise. Promise, yeah. yes. And so, yes, I thought that album was great. I don't know them as well as the Sugar Babes, definitely, but I think they're, they are very talented and have a very specific sound and that um, Xenomania sound is so specific to them, that producer, and I think they've done amazing work together. Um, another UK pop queen that I introduced Matt Steele to that was an, on my playlist when I was walking around in London when we used to be able to travel in February of this year uh, and it was Jamelia. Jamelia. And I fucking love Jamelia. I remember going to, I think I was in Germany actually and I was there in high school because we had a traveling chorus and I would wake up and I saw, just would watch like the international MTV because I was like, ooh, what's happening over here? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I got first wind of Jamelia Superstar and it was uh, such a moment and she was being touted as like the British Beyonce at the time and mm -hmm. I was just very into her. I loved everything and I got both her first album, that album, and then the second album, Walk With Me, has a lot of great songs on it as well and I hear that now she's a presenter, like she's on, um, I think she's one of the panelists on a show maybe called Loose Women which is kind of like their version of The View um, mm -hmm. and I think she's a panelist there and that's great and we love that for her but like we need more music. I will never hear right? Matt Palmer. It was like 2014 or 2015 right. we're sitting on the couch and Matt Palmer just turns to me and he's like I miss Jamelia yes. and I'm like what the fuck are you talking about <laughs> and I was just like laughing about it I'm like this is so random he's like no you need to listen to Jamelia and I'm like I'm not going to listen to Jamelia you and he played so. me Jamelia and I was like wait she's great. She is great. <laughs> I was like wait this, these songs are great and so yes. we just like tweeted a video being like we want Jamelia like, <laughs> <laughs> like singing talking about how I was just introduced to Jamelia and Jamelia yes. replied. And we love that. And she, she replied with, I think, just LOL, I love this. <laughs> and it's like, yes, Jamelia. Yes. I also do like, I think an underrated album is Cher Lloyd's Sorry I'm Late. And she was uh, on, I believe, the One Direction season of X Factor. I don't remember if she won or not, but she was on it and she was great, kind of like a bratty singing Cher rap Lloyd, what artist. Did, what did she say? What else did she say? Oh, she sang um, I feel like she sings a song that I like. She does. Uh, Want You Back or something that was like our big hit here and it was like uh, and had the grunting in it it was great okay yeah cool love it <laughs> I, I don't know if I remember that one in particular okay. it was like her only hit here so that's <laughs> the only song that you would know okay um, so the, uh, the next question from Ellie uh, in the same email is Matt Steele not sure if you've discussed this before but what are your thoughts on Frank Wildhorn's work mm. I know his work is generally regarded as pretty trashy in the Broadway world oh rude <laughs> 
in my opinion, he's written some massive bops, and the Jekyll and Hyde and Scarlet Pimpernel cast recordings remain two of my favorite albums. Plus, he was married to Linda Etter for years, and she is one of my favorite people in the world. Hope this gets uh, to you okay, and you are staying safe in these crazy times. Thanks for reading, Ellie. Um, so I absolutely appreciate a lot of Frank Wildhorn's work. It's, you know how you don't like dancing? Mm -hmm. No dancing in Frank Wildhorn's Hey, love it. Just literally just ladies standing there belting their faces off. Particularly Linda Edder belting her face off. Um, I think there are some really, really fantastic songs in Jaclyn Hyde. In His Eyes is obviously a classic. I love No One Knows Who I Am. I love Someone Mm. Like You. I mean, he's, he's very known for like, a big torch ballad just th- ha- having one every like five minutes. Wow. <laughs> like, like just there's a, an utter shamelessness <laughs> to like these shows, which is kind of like what makes them kind of great. And you're yeah. really not, you're really not. It's something that was very, very big in the nineties. He wrote a lot of very big epic period historical dramas. Mm. Uh, like those were the shows that he really, really focused on. And that was very popular on Broadway in the nineties. And they're not, popular now oh, <laughs> like it's, it, they're not like big shows in the in the uh 2020 well nothing's on broadway in the 2020s but yes. uh but so so i really miss that kind of sentiment in a broadway show like like just a big semi-dark big ensemble moments mm. facade in jekyll and hyde yes 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 oh madame guillotine in in scarlet pimpernel amazing um and his score to bonnie and clyde which is kind of a little bit of a departure from him because it mm-hmm. has a little bit of a you know more of like a southern like bluegrassy littleness to yeah. it and everything is i would say like his best score oh. like and it was on broadway in 2012 and it it wasn't that successful it only lasted like a couple months maybe mm-hmm. not even um but critics were like this is frank wildhorn's best score like this is crazy why didn't it do well um i don't know it just i guess it didn't really have the appeal it was starring mm. laura osnes and jeremy jordan mm. um and yeah everyone i know who saw it was just like this is a really like well done show um i did not see the actual show myself but most people I know who saw it really liked it. Right. Um, so I, I, I think that was the last musical Frank Wildhorn had on Broadway it was mm. Bonnie and Clyde in 2012. But yeah, like the, the late nineties, Frank Wildhorn, he was just like writing for his wife, Linda Etter, who, you know, can just belt her fucking face off. So he was just writing all the songs for her. And Are they still together? No, I don't think so. I think oh. they got divorced. Yeah. Oh, well, but I think funny. they're still like buds. That's good. I think so. All right. Yeah. I'd like to add a few UK artists to my list. Okay. <laughs> Ellie Goulding. Okay. Imogen Heap. Okay. Imini K, which I've discussed in this podcast mm-hmm. before, and also Years and Years. Lots of good British artists. Oh, Years and Years is great. Yes. Great. Yes. Both albums amazing. And I hope there's another album soon, because I feel like it's been a couple years since Palo Santo. And yeah. I'm ready for more. In Demand. In Demand, of course. <laughs> I don't know what that is. But, but it's there. It's there. It's there. All right. All right. Is now the time? Now's the time. Matt Steele. Besides Devos, uh-huh. unless it's Devos. No, it's not Devos. <laughs> what? Next week will be Devos. <laughs> what has been giving you moments this week? Um, so back in the early 2000s, there was an incredible, incredible reality show on Bravo called The It Factor. Mm. And I watched it religiously with my brother. And it followed 12 actors going throughout New York City and just like their lives auditioning. They're each all at like different stages of their acting careers. Mm. And it just follows them for six months. And, you know, some actors are like actively on Broadway. Like one guy is in the full Monty on Broadway and it shows him like trying to 
um, you know, leave his Broadway show and like he like books a pilot and then the pilot like fails. Oh, no. Um, there's Daisy Egan who won a Tony Award for The Secret Garden in 1991 and this is being filmed in 2001 and so it's her 10 years later as a 21 year old being like, I have a Tony Award and mm. I'm not getting work and it's just like thrilling. Like it's so amazing. <laughs> um, and there's Godfrey who was for, um, he became the seven up guy. Oh, Do you remember okay. the seven up guy yes, Godfrey? Yeah, yeah. It showed the six months he was like auditioning, doing comedy and everything. And it shows him booking the seven wow. up. And so he's sort of like the big success in the, in the show. And there is one woman who is a, an actress and her yes. name is Miranda Black. Okay. And she is one of my favorite reality show personalities ever because she is so 100% genuine and charming and she just she she knows how to play it up for the cameras while still being having it still feel real right she's kind of joking at the fact like I'm being recorded this is crazy (laughs) and everything she's so winning so 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 winning and she is just struggling She, she owns this like cleaning company called Mighty Maids or whatever and she like you just see her go from house to house mopping up like people's floors no, and stuff. she gets auditions stuff in between she gets auditions oh, it's so tragic in the beginning of the season there's she books her very first co-star role on a uh on a network television show mm. i like criminal not criminal minds but like one of those procedural yeah. shows and she has one line and she plays like a junkie and who thinks that she has bugs on her and and someone's like there's no bugs on you and her line is are you sure and it shows her like booking it and she's skipping around New York being like are you sure are you oh, sure like no. just practicing and practicing and practicing the line and she you see like days go by and she's waiting for the phone call being like hey you need to be on set for this day and then at like the end of the episode like you see her and she's just like so they wrote my role out of the show. And it's no. Like, and she's just crying. And she has this one moment where she's books this like student film or something. And she has this tiny role named Leslie, the lesbian. Mm. And like she shows up to set and they're like, Oh, that you sit with the extras. They sit like right here and everything. And she's like, I am not an extra. I am Leslie, <laughs> the lesbian. Like she's just such a great, great character. Um, I just love her so much. And it's just so fast fascinating to watch these people you know be it's see, great seeing like what acting was like like in the early 2000s because mm. like these headshots are still black and white wow like this is how old they are the actors have one maybe two at tops headshots mm. like seeing just like the grodiness of like the new york audition rooms and everything and and it's it's so interesting looking at new york seeing how low budget the film was right and um seeing how that looks on camera in New York city in the early two thousands. Cause you know, New York city apartments or any room in New York city never looks good on film. Oh, of course it's not. so small. Yeah. So it just looks like everything is cluttered and filthy. Yeah. Um, and sometimes that's like actually how it is, but um, it's just so interesting to wa- be like, Oh wow, this was 20 years ago and seeing what acting was like back then. And just watching it again with like fresh eyes, like now that I'm an actor now. Yeah. Before I was, you know, young, so I was didn't know what was what. But it's just so interesting watching it now. 
I love it's it. It's so fascinating. I'm I glad you it. found it. I feel like you were trying to watch it and you couldn't find it for a minute. I could find it, but the, it was it's on the Bravo app, but okay. the Bravo app wasn't working on our Apple TV. Oh, but now it is. But now it is. For some reason, it started working. Hey. But like for months and months, it wasn't working. And I didn't want to be like, Matt Palmer, can you fix this? Because it's not my Apple TV. Uh, so I was just like, well, I guess I'll just never see it again. Oh. Um, but if for you some just reason, tried it the other day? The other day, it just started working. I, I just love like, let me try this. And, Good for you. you know, um, a uh, Bastille Day miracle. Mm-hmm. It yes. just it just magically started working. That's and so I was good. Just like, wow. Act, so acting was just as miserable back then. <laughs> and at least you know. Yeah. At and it's funny you, you know. see like the real hot guy who's never auditioned for anything in his life get like series reg auditions oh my on, God. Like, on like network shows and everything. And poor Miranda who's been struggling this whole time like <sighs> is just happy to get one line. Yeah, some things never change. And then September 11th happened. Like while they're filming, oh god, it's, it was it was a great show, great show. You get a second season, it did. Not the good. second season was in L.A. Oh, and it was, bad. oh like, no, it was just like these aren't actors. <laughs> it was just like these people aren't struggling. Like, hey. and Jeremy Renner was on the second season. Really? Yeah, and I I remember I didn't even finish the second season because I was like these people are just like pretty people, uh. and they're they're. In, they're not even like really into acting, mm. which like a lot of LA actors are like, oh and yeah, I act. Now he's in the Avengers. I mean, yeah. Now, <laughs> Jeremy Renner was very into acting, okay. but like there were definitely way too many people who were just like, yeah, I act, but like I also have this like other business and I do mm. this other thing. Well, he wants to thing. sing too, Jeremy Renner. He puts out music. Oh, I, I have never heard him sing. I think that's for the best. Well, you know. <laughs> um, well, what's been giving me moments this week is uh, I consumed a film on Hulu entitled Palm Springs mm. and this is a hard movie to talk about because it is kind of the the conceit of the film is based around a twist that you get probably like 20 25 minutes into it and if you haven't watched the trailer I don't want to spoil it for you because the trailer I think shows you what's happening mm. and so I went in kind of knowing it but I thought it was very inventive very cute and the way it was done was really good because once you figure out what the twist is you're like oh I have seen other incarn at least for me. I was like, I have seen other incarnations of this kind of um, film, but maybe as a series or something. And I, when it was a series, I couldn't make it through because I felt like somehow the twists made things a bit redundant Mm -hmm. and I feel like they had a way of keeping things very fresh throughout the film even though the twist itself kind of involves redundancy it's hard for me to talk around this but it they is the twist just like the actual plot it is but you don't if you don't know if you hadn't seen the trailer you wouldn't know the plot of the movie and it's the plot of the movie. It is, but it's, it's like not a spoiler. It's I feel like it, you would talk, talk about it, and then someone get mad at you, and you'd be like, "Shut up!" And I think I would rather people go in and watch it and just feel what they feel. I would not tell them if they haven't watched the trailer. They don't want to. Some people are like, "Don't I want don't know want to know anything else." I'm not telling. That's them like you're are you one of those people who thinks that the sun is actually dead is a spoiler and next to normal. But oh, I'm one of those people who. I respect what people want to hear and don't want to hear. No. And I I am not the one who's going to choose whether or not it's a spoiler. I'm not telling you. But that's like, You can go in and decide what you want to tell other people. I'm not telling you anything. But if someone was like, what's next to normal about? I would be like, oh, it's about a woman with a family whose son died when he was a baby, but she thinks he's still alive. Uh, like, I don't I know that like, I would say. I just thought, I would I'd say like, it's like, I would say it's about a woman with mental illness and like her family dynamic. Oh, th- I would be like, I'm not seeing it. Well, that's th- stupid. I, I'm not promoting the film. So, and I'm not promoting the movie. But if you want to. 
to watch the movie, it's you a, will figure out. It's a plot out. you've seen before. I'm not saying what it is, reminder, because I'm respectful of our audience, it's unlike a, someone sitting at this table. And thus, anyways, during my moment that I'm talking about, I am not going to tell you what it's about, but I feel like it was done very well. And every scene feels new and different. Everything evolves in a way that is still shocking. There are still more twists that happen throughout the film. And you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, because I have seen it in series form. And I, honestly, series that were like very critically lauded, people really loved. I couldn't finish because I was like, oh, I've just seen the same thing too much. And I feel like they've in this film made a way to make it really interesting. I'm very invested in the characters. I thought Andy Samberg did a great job. I feel like the script is really inventive and really smart. I think that actress, I think her name is Chris, Christina uh, Milioti. Oh, she's so good. Yeah, she's she was on 30 actress. Rock and she's like been on several things that I've seen and she's always really great and she's really great in the movie. So wonderful. Their relationship is great and uh, I would encourage you to watch it because you're staying home anyways. What series have you seen? Because I've only uh, seen it in movie form. Like, will, I've seen like I've seen I, like five movies. I will with tell this you <laughs> offline. I will tell you offline. Okay. Okay. Well, it's thank really you for not a spoiler. Guys. Well, you know, I'm not going to decide that for the viewers. Well, if it's in the trailer, it's not a spoiler. I, well, if they don't want to watch the trailer, and there are several people who are like don't tell people about this movie and what it's about, let people just watch it and figure it out. And that's what I'm doing. I don't stupid. care what you think. I don't I care think what that's you think. So stupid. I am talking. It doesn't matter. <laughs> <laughs> like I, so watch it. It's great. I think you'll enjoy it. It's very well done. Very well written. Impressive stuff. All right. All right. <laughs> thank you guys for listening. <laughs> What other places can you watch Devo? Oh, I don't know if I named them all. Oh, well. I don't remember what I've named okay. already. Well, you probably named them. <laughs> <laughs> well, everybody, make sure to watch Devo's Film of the Millennium. You're going to love it. Go on one of those apps right now. Rent, buy, do it all. Give Matt Steele your love. Give him your views. Come on, guys. Come on. Make this young man happy. And follow us on Twitter and Instagram, Matt Power Music. And it's Matt Steele. Two Game Mats for both of us. Go to patreon.com slash two game mats for extra bonus content from us. And go to youtube.com slash two game mats for our videos, of course. Thank you guys so much for listening. We'll be back next week with another brand new Two Game Mats yeah, podcast. With lots of happier news. Well, we don't control the news. We we'll will will it. We All will, right, yes, we we're, we're gonna good. secret that. Yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right, talk to you later. Bye. Bye. 